and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast. I'm Mohanad, and this is Rishay with me. Hi, Rishay. How are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Um, we are missing two very vital people, Bernie and Alex. Yeah, we got two suspensions this week. <laughs> yeah, um, I think both on five yellow cards. Yeah. Um, and yeah. as you can see, we didn't do an intro out of respect for Alex because, you know, we just don't feel like we can cut it with all his puns. Yeah, you know, in the, the last couple of weeks of the season, the squad's running thin on injuries, suspensions, <laughs> you got yeah. some cup finals, you got some big league games coming up, true. and that's what the Kosh are experiencing right now. True, so. true. Um, this does feel like a, like an end of season uh, kind of finale episode, though, even though we do continue into the summer, but all the leagues are over. It's fun. We're going to get to recap all the European leagues, talk a little bit about TFC, um... You good to go? Ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I hope our listeners are good to go because we got some special stuff. Yeah, it, it's sad that the season's over, but, you know. I mean, there's still a few finals, Europa League final, Champions yeah. League finals, but it's almost there, that, that lull in the summer where nothing happens for a long time. Also, no major international tournament this summer? Yeah, true. For for the first time in a long time. I guess everyone gets to breathe. Everyone gets to go on uh, vacation. It, it's summer. really only the Confederations Cup um, where Germany's playing, but they're resting a lot of their players also. And stuff. Anyways. Um, let's talk about the Premier League. Um, we'll start with the top four race because we've talked a lot about uh, last episode about the top and the bottom because that was already settled by then. Um, so let's, let's go chronologically here. Before these games started, um, City, Liverpool and Arsenal all had a chance to, to end in the top four. Um, City and Liverpool were already sitting inside of the top four with 75 points, Liverpool with 73 and Arsenal with 72. Um, so let's start with City. They were playing Watford away. Um, and all they needed to do was win their game, it's in their hands, and they would end third, um, which and they did. Win, yeah, they were 5-0 up in 57 minutes <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in Walter Mazzari's farewell to the uh, English Premier League. And it was interesting to see, I think, after this game, someone had made a comment of uh, Mazzari had a language barrier that did not help his cause whatsoever. I think it was John Cross, um, the, the journalist, and I don't know about that. I mean, when, when, when other managers go abroad, they don't always learn the language, and... The whole language thing, some players don't know. I mean, Diego Costa, Alexis Sanchez, they're doing just fine. And they have, you know, they don't know that well. well it wasn't uh, Pochettino also initially questioned about his language barrier? Yes, that's true. Um, but I don't think that's the, that's the case. I mean, Wofford were coming off a five-game um, losing streak before this one. So it's not a surprise that they lost. But I got to point out, I felt it's slightly unprofessional from Wofford coming into this game. They played three at the back, and none of them were centre-backs. They were right-backs, left-backs. Um, which was a bit of a shame. I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's injuries, but it just felt like Matsari was just throwing in the towel. Um, and it's, I know a lot of games are dead rubber at this point, but yeah. playing City, um, the fact that first City are trying to get into the top four, and second is even if City had drawn this game, even if Watford were able to take a point away, Liverpool had a chance of pipping them into third. Right. And we know with the whole new Champions League pots, that is a huge deal now coming third and obviously with fourth with the uh, with a playoff and stuff. So it's yeah. still a big deal, and I, I thought it wasn't it wasn't a good move from Mitsuri. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, it could have been a dead rubber. It could have been injuries. Could have just been giving some new players experience. But I mean, Watford was seventeenth. They they had forty points. They like nothing could have made them go down at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so they were safe mathematically. City, I I just feel I mean, looking at the quality of goal scored, company with his open header. Uh, you know, bad man marking right there. He scored, he's been scoring a lot recently, though. He has. Yep. Some real crackers as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there were also some fantastic team goals by City. I, I think, um, you know, I think Willy Caballero playing it out the back. Mm, mm. It was There were some elements of this game where no matter who Watford could have had on this field, I think City would have still smashed them. I agree. City did play very, very well. De Bruyne had a great game slotting in Aguero for, for his goal with a brilliant finish off the post. 
Um, Jesus had a really good goal as well. Um, Aguero scoring two actually in his goal. I think it's his best scoring season for City yet, which is weird because yeah. we're talking about how like he's maybe coming to the end of his career at Chelsea with Pep not maybe agreeing with his style of play. Exactly. But it, it looks, it bodes well that he might play both. Aguero and Jesus together. I mean, he did it this game, and they look good. Well, is is it his best season in terms of over total goal scored, or is it a goals per game? Yeah, probably because he's been injured a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, still prolific. I mean, but you know, with Gabigol coming in there, it, he is Gabigol, I believe. Is no, it? Gabigol plays for Inter, not him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different. Gabriel he, he's, he's been yeah, yeah. A lot of Gabriels <laughs> going out around. Um, but I wanted to ask you a few things just overall. Now, yeah. uh, City. Uh, got third, so they're done. They're in the third part in the Champions League now. Um, overall season, I mean, they started off with that eight-game straight winning. Yeah. And then somehow Pep was just not able to keep that momentum going. I'm, I'm not sure what happened or why, but they just lost it a bit. They and did. that's when Chelsea kind of started to take over. They did, and it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what happened. But you can, you know, you can question the personnel. Maybe they weren't up to par. The first eight games, you know, things are great. Yeah. Um, you know, and then some, some other twist comes, you know, a tactical change by the opponents. And then things come under question. They're not as pragmatic anymore. I think, I think that's a very good point. I think, I mean, I was thinking that it's the opponents starting to change their game slightly for City. Because City went on that crazy run, and then yeah. they're like, okay, opponents were probably sitting a bit deeper. So the wingbacks had... Less of that chance to just run into space, etc., etc. Um, but Pep came under a lot of pressure this season, especially with the fact that they did lose that momentum and they did come third. I mean, Pep sets his own high standards, unfortunately for him, I guess. But coming third in your first season in the Premier League with what we called, to be fair, at the beginning of the season, a very aging squad. I mean, City, people say Manchester City and money and all that, but their squad what, isn't really that incredible. Yeah, I mean, they have very good players in attacking areas. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, we saw Yaya Torre make a comeback this season yeah. after he was be, being ousted mm. in the earlier parts of the season. But if you look at City, 38 games played. They won 23 games. They lost six and they drew nine. They had 78 so it's, points. It's not bad, to be fair. But after starting the season with 24 points from oh, eight games, right, right, right. You, can, you can question the remainder of the season. I mean, they also, in the Champions League, they did lose to Monaco. If, if I'm not mistaken, um, which was a bit of a shame. Because, I mean, we all know Monica had a great season and, you know, they won their league and all that. But yeah. at the end of the day, City should have really gotten past them and did slightly better in the Champions League, especially with oh, yeah. Pep's experience in that uh, Especially with a 5-3 first leg uh, yep. lead. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the, the a realistic aim for Pep next season? I mean, he did come out recently saying at a bigger club, which must have hurt some fans, but <laughs> at a bigger club he would have been sacked. Which, well, uh, so that means he knows it's 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 a failure. I'm not sure which fans he's hurting because there's not many <laughs> Man City fans. <laughs> Good point. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know how he's going to build on this because it just feels like ever since his first season where he won all these trophies, six for Barcelona yeah. in management, ever since then he's done slightly less each season. Mm. Even at Bayern when he went there, it wasn't as up to par as with Barcelona. Now at City in his first season, it's almost like he's been exposed or the cracks are appearing right. larger than they are. It, it's, I think what it is is that... Uh, as time has progressed, the um, task at hand has gotten harder. I mean, when you yeah. start with the best Barcelona team ever assembled, and I'm sure he's responsible for that and everything, yeah. yes, but the task is getting harder and harder. Then Bayern winning the Champions League got harder. And then now City. I mean, to be fair, City... Was they, was Bayern harder, though? Because they were a treble-winning side already. Sure. They did win the double two seasons in a row. So, I mean, people forget that Pep did okay domestically. It's just <laughs> in the Champions League that, you know, he gets a bit of stick. Yeah. Anyways... Next season, um, City, what would be realistic slash their expectations? I mean, I think top two, definitely. Well, top three. I think 
I don't know if they come, if Pep comes third again. I think I think that's a definite failure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's seventy-eight tough. points, an improvement on seventy-eight points. Obviously, I think yeah. they can easily break the eighty-point barrier next season. I think eighty-three or eighty-four points. It depends on where that puts them, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And then the Champions League is a whole different beast. So yeah. we'll see how they do there. Top three for me, I guess. Uh, you thinking top two? Maybe even win the league. I mean, I'm thinking that's the expectation is to win the league. I think realistic again is top three. You're right. Um, it, yeah. de- it depends. I mean, you got a lot of competition. True, it's it's very hard not to yeah. predict. Um, moving on, Arsenal also in that fight for uh, for top four, which you know they love. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, since the top four started to become in um, in jeopardy, Arsenal have just upped their game. You know, that's, that's just what they do. They that slump in yeah. February and then that. Great form again, starting, you know, end of, whatever, beginning of May or so. Yeah. Um, so, Arsenal started playing very well recently. They needed to beat Everton and then wait for the Liverpool score. We'll talk about that. Let's try and avoid yeah. that. Just kind of keep the chronological order going. Um, so, started the game really well against Everton. Bellerin with a goal after a horrendous Welbeck miss. This is exactly what you get from Danny Welbeck. <laughs> and when I saw that that he the ball had gone under his foot... Yeah, I was thinking. You know what? Well, I think Welbeck is a done done case at this point. He's never going to get better. That's him, right? He's always going to be yeah. exactly that. He's yeah. always going to be that missed chance. He's never going to be the guy that wins you a trophy on his own. Like he's no. yeah. He's going to be the guy who misses the chance to win you that trophy. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Um, so Bellerin started the game off really well for Arsenal. Arsenal looked very composed. One 0 there, and then Koscielny. Uh, I don't know. Rush of blood. He just a horrendous tackle. I mean, it's not horrendous in terms of that it hurt the opponent that much. It's horrendous in terms of the timing, how rash it was. It's something that I would almost expect from Mustafi more than Koscielny. And then he got a straight red on the 14th minute. It was the last man foul, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was bad and it was the last man yeah. foul. Uh, it was extremely reckless. I mean, you, you, he's now suspended for the FA Cup final. Which is crazy. And he's out, like, there's yeah. so many bad things that have come from this terrible t- challenge in the 14th minute of the game they already won no that, that is correct so Koscielny right now is, is suspended for the FA Cup final Gabriel got injured this game he might miss the final as a center back as yeah. well Mustafi missed this game because he's a doubt so Arsenal could go into the champ- into, 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 champ- Champions League final <laughs> that's never happened um, into the FA Cup final with their three defenders out injured so Rob Holding and then Monreal and Mertesacker or I mean anyway it's going to be yeah. comical but um after that, Arsenal still played well with 10 men da- down at the 14th minute against a good Everton team who are, you know, sitting in 7th. Um, played okay. Ozil has been fantastic now for a month. Just playing yeah. between the lines, uh, collecting those passes, seeing the space, playing really well. Um, Sanchez got his goal. Sanchez yeah. got his customary goal. I mean, him and Lukaku were fighting it out as well too. I mean, we'll get to the Tottenham game, but they were yeah. fighting it out at the start of his game to be top scorer. Sanchez got his. Ramsey got his at the very end. Very nice goal. Yeah, you know, without this Ramsey goal, it was a fantastic finish. Without yeah. this Ramsey goal, 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah. Very close game. I think 3-1 makes Everton look bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lukaku got his penalty. He got so his penalty. His first yeah. penalty, I think, of the season. Because he was always like, oh, I'm top scorer without you know, penalties and stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah I oh. mean, what do you... Uh... Well, okay. So, for Arsenal, I mean, you, you saw emotions on both extremes the whole season. You yeah. know, starting at the beginning of the season after the 3-0 win against Chelsea. Yes. People are getting carried away thinking we're going to win the Champions League. Arsenal fan TV was probably one of the highlights of this season. Uh, overall, it was great. Yeah. Great entertainment. But uh, that mid-February slump, almost predictable. Uh, almost. I, honestly, you can't call Arsenal an enigma anymore. Yeah. The top of the table on December 11th. Yeah. And I... You finish, yeah. Is it squad depth? Because there are other teams that also have squad depth issues. But it's the, weird. the slump that Arsenal had... Okay. 
from that point? I think it's two things. One, it's experience. I mean, you need the experience to... You remember Mourinho two or three seasons ago when he was at Chelsea and won the league? The first half... You remember the first half of the season? Yeah. Blistering. Yeah. They looked like the best footballing team in the world. Playing the best football you, you're going to watch on TV that half a season. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Literally January hit. New Year's Day. <laughs> and it was 1-0 wins defensively all the way to the end of the season. That's, I think, where the experience comes in a little bit. You can't keep doing the same thing across eight months. You've got to switch it up once in a while. Arsene Wenger, for example, switched up to a back three to try and save this season. Very good move. A bit too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that experience of like when to get it right. That's the first thing. Second thing is the, the players in the team are inexperienced in winning the, the Premier League. They just are. Yeah. Um, I guess they're very experienced in bottling it in February. Yes, they are. And exactly. So that just keeps, keeps going. Yeah. 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 But uh, to be fair, Arsenal kickstart at the end of the season. That, that little push happened after the 2-0 win against Manchester United. True. And also then they followed that up with a great win against City in the FA Cup semi-final. So there was a really great run. It just came almost a little bit too late. Yeah. Um, looking forward, though, I mean... Well, I, sorry, before yeah. you continue. Still, even despite the mutiny and the factions of fans right now, and Wenger out and Wenger in and all these banners, Arsenal, fifth place, like I said, they dropped one, one spot. Yeah from their top four and they finished third last season or was it second? Uh, second. second it feels like season. third but it's second it's, yeah. it's weird but 23 wins so the same number of wins as City five more wins than Manchester United in sixth place yep. uh, 75 points one point less than fourth place Liverpool overall you can't you can't really say okay you oh. look at this table and you say I think Arsenal maybe one or two points less than where they should be despite all that okay so what you just said right now is what Arsene Wenger sits at home and thinks about which is why he wants to stay. And I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but this is exactly what goes through his mind. And you can see it in his press conference. He always mentions, we still did okay. Yeah. We still got the 75 points, which should have been, a, in a, you know, any other season from the past 10, got you into a top four comfortably. Um, he keeps saying, oh, we're just a little bit unlucky here and there. So that's what pushes him to keep going. It wasn't a complete disaster. But unfortunately, it's not that it's a one-off season. It's been a build-up for six years now of, this is not looking good. We will drop out eventually. Other teams are surpassing yeah. us. And it was almost inevitable that it would happen. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of all these things across the six years. It's yeah. not, if it was a one-off, you know, like when Mourinho, for example, was like putting Chelsea in 10th, I get it. It's a one-off. It's crazy. Something weird's happening. But yeah. this has been building up. Anyways, Arsenal's future, you touched upon. We don't know. I mean, as Arsenal fans, if you think about it, there's three things going into the offseason that Arsenal fans don't know. Who their manager is going to be next season. If their two-star players in Ozil and Sanchez are going to stay, and who the actual owner of the club will be, those are three major, major points going into an offseason. It's insane. I've never, like, I don't think I've ever heard of a club that is going into so much turmoil into you know the end of the season. It's now. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If Arsenal win, win that FA Cup, a lot of these questions would they be answered or would they still linger? So. There's two scenarios. One, Arsene Wenger wins the FA Cup against Chelsea, which is the best team in the land right now. Yeah. Fantastic. Paper over the cracks. We go again. Nothing changes next season. Another horrendous, you know, I was going to say Champions League. It's not even Champions League. Um, blah, top, blah, blah. top of the table on Christmas. Exactly. Same thing. Sixth place. Nothing's going to happen, okay? <laughs> or, Arsenal lose 4-0. Then, I think it's going to get really dicey. I think that would yeah. be the last straw. Because the FA Cup final right now is really... Because... Ars, like people who support Wenger always had a few things in their locker. One, finishing top four, always always coming out of your Champions League group, and finishing above Spurs. Yeah. None which happened slash will happen next season. So Which would be a great shame because they did have some good wins in this FA Cup run. They beat Man City, which True. was big. And True. if they do lose the final, that win's gonna be forgotten. Exactly. 
Um, let's talk about everything really quickly. They finished yeah. seventh, um, which I think is expected. I mean, the top six teams yeah. are where they should be. You know, you can change their order, but they're the top six that you expect. And then Everton were expected to maybe challenge a little bit, but seventh is where everything need like should have been, and they are absolutely. Um, and I think you know. They 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 were very average when they needed to be better, and yep. they were they were better when they needed to be average. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a weird season, but exactly where they should be. Kuman taking them to seventh in his first season, not bad. I think, yeah. I mean, it's there's not much to say. For the Everton. league is tough. The league is tough yeah. for sure. They, well, they were eight points out of sixth, and they were fifteen points ahead of eighth. So they're definitely like they're joining the big boys up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, can they keep Lukaku? Because I mean that would be huge for them. It's. It, it, I think this transfer depends on what happens elsewhere. Mm. I think if Chelsea sell Costa, Costa to China yeah. uh, and Morata doesn't go to Chelsea, Lukaku, Lukaku could becomes go to a target. Good point. I mean, right. there was a lot of talk about Atletico Madrid if Griezmann leaves. Yeah. Um, so I think, but personally, I think Lukaku wants to make that step up now. Like yeah. he's proven for seasons in a row now that he's good enough to get into a Champions League team and like really kind of give it a shot. So yeah. I think it'll be hard for them to keep him. Uh, he's still 23 or 24. We keep thinking. So, I keep thinking Lukaku's like in yeah. the prime of his career, like this. But he's quite young. You're right. He, he's been doing his time. You can say. You yeah. know, when you first come out of university and you're mm. starting a job, internships. You're not at the biggest company. You're yeah. not like Goldman Sachs instantly. Yeah. But you're doing your time somewhere else. You're getting playing time. You're getting mm-hmm. minutes, and then you get your experience, and then you go and you can handle. It's it about when to move. He's got to pick the right moment. Yes. And the question is, yes. you know, is this the right moment? Because I think next season would just be so dead rubber for him with everything again. Like. Yeah. Europa League and just like you know what I mean like it's not exciting it's not challenging him and he's good enough to make that jump yeah um, anyways the team of the moment I guess in this top four was Liverpool um, it was really up to them to uh, to capture that last spot by beating Middlesbrough yeah. at home um, I mean Klopp's aim this season was to make top four yes and they did obviously by beating Middlesbrough and I think that counts as a achievement by Klopp I wouldn't say an overachievement, but compared to the previous few seasons, yeah. he's done very well. Um, in this game specifically, they started really shaky. Lovren could have, should have gotten a red and a penalty against them, um, which didn't happen because Martin Atkinson is one of the worst referees in the league. Um, but the goal right before halftime was so crucial to calm the nerves. You could see how dicey it was getting yeah. on Anfield. Uh, another Coutinho free kick. Uh, Van goal was... A very good finish. I thought he was going to pass it across to Sturridge, but he took the shot. The tight angle shots. Those finishes look great. Yeah. Um, his, his first touch to take it into his path yeah. off the Firmino assist was really nice. They've, okay, so Liverpool have played some very good football this season. Very. Started the season hot, strong. They had some good stats in their favor. High fitness, basically, is what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, most distance covered, etc., etc. And then you question them. They got Maybe they got burnt out. They weren't getting the results. But that whole top four race, the whole season... Teams almost didn't want that spot. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was kind of throwing away their chances. In fact, a few weeks ago, Liverpool, with two extra games played, could <laughs> easily have dropped out of that top four. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Bournemouth. They lost yeah. to a few, I mean, earlier in the season to Burnley. Liverpool, I think, have one of the best records against the top six. But then it's against the lower teams where they were losing most of their points. And it was, I mean, from a Liverpool fan's point of view, it would be a huge shame to lose out because you lost to a Burnley and a Bournemouth and, you know, while beating yeah. Arsenal. Anyways... Interestingly, though, with the whole Arsenal-Liverpool thing, is that first game of the season where Liverpool beat Arsenal 4-3 because Arsene Wenger wasn't ready, he had no defensive signings, blah, 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 all that good stuff. People back then were like, it's the first game of the season, get off his back, not a big deal. Arsenal get a point out of that game? 
Yeah. You know, you never know. I think Liverpool did the double over Arsenal. Yeah. In fact. Yep. So that's six it, points. It shows you how even the first game of the season can have a huge impact on yeah. the final standings. Uh, yeah. Um, but 38 games played, 22 wins, one less win than Arsenal. Right. Uh, but it's the draws and the less losses that they had. Mm. 76 points from 38 games. Two points, uh, two points a game. That's not a bad average for Klopp. Especially with, to be fair, Liverpool squad compared to the other top six. I would say maybe with Spursy. Yeah. Bottom two, fifth, sixth, like in terms of on paper, yeah. you know what I mean. So, most improved player, Lovren. He's he started to play much better. To be yeah. fair, he yeah. was a candidate for Mumu, but too bad he was, he was on the field. But now he's so much better. You remember when you said that? Who it reminded me of? Remember Everest's first few games for United? Yes. that was a joke. That was absolutely comical. That was, um, yep. Quick few questions. We talked about Liverpool like achieving what they wanted to. Klopp's success. Now what next season? I mean, Klopp came out saying Liverpool is now. Um, an exciting destination for um, transfers. We can do whatever we want to do now because we're in the Champions League, etc., etc. I think they're still a bit shaky at the back. I think yeah. they need a keeper. They, they definitely have stepped it up a little bit in terms of their defensive season. I think Matip added a lot of stability for yes. them. Uh, but still, they're not really out the woods yet. They still have that qualification for the Champions League. I mean, after all this, that would be... They, and they are the type of club yes. <laughs> to... Christian Bull themselves. Yes, that I was talking to a Liverpool fan recently, and I was saying that he, he's asking me about how how I feel about this Middlesbrough game before it. I was like, listen, I think you'll win, but if anybody is going to mess up this kind of position, yes. it's a Spurs or a Liverpool. Yes. So I have some hope. Obviously, they didn't mess up this game, but then I remind them that you still have a playoff. Yeah. So don't count your chickens or whatever. It's before called. they hatch. Don't um, let it slip. <laughs> don't let it slip. So congratulations to Liverpool on fourth. I think, I think that's one of the biggest achievements this season in terms of looking at teams and what they've achieved and yeah. similar to Swansea not uh, you know not going down I think Liverpool getting fourth is a, is a big deal and they should celebrate and people make fun of Liverpool for celebrating fourth and then they they you know the Arsene Wenger um, supporters always say well you make fun of Arsene for coming fourth but then now in Liverpool the idea is that this is an improvement Liverpool have been horrendously bad they've improved 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 and now they've made top four so it's it's a build up you yeah. know Arsenal is a different scenario. They've been in top four their whole lives and then they've dropped out. So you can't compare the two and Liverpool have the right to celebrate this. It's not, you know, people joke about it. It's yeah. not. Yeah, they should be very happy with their achievement. Um, let's move on now. Top of the table. Chelsea just beating Sunderland 5-1. Top of the table versus bottom of the table. Um, uh, yeah, Sunderland somehow took the lead in this game. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was thinking about John Terry's uh, little yeah. farewell. What do you think about that? His farewell? I think... Honestly, I was completely dis- disinterested right. in John Terry's memo- memorial, um, yeah. and I'm glad that he's going. Right. I mean, sure, he's achieved a few, you know. Trophies. I mean, he's he's arguably he could you could argue he's been the best defender in the Premier League era. You could. I he's mean, been one of them. Sure, he's been one of them because he's consistent. He's strong. He's always a presence. He's always going to be a good defender. And that's what, that's from looking on the outside. But yeah. now now take an extra level of, as a Chelsea fan, where he was your captain, he was your leader, he was always yeah. that guy. You know, there's a different layer to that when you're a Chelsea fan. And I can see why they're obviously celebrating his departure quite strongly. Yeah. 26th minute, they had like a guard of honor, all the good stuff. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him on a really good career. Unfortunately, some some dicey moments off the field. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, and I could be also uh, part of this, but the media is always on your yeah. back. You yeah. know, all these little cracks, they, they get magnified when, you know, you're someone's icon. Yeah. You're in these positions where people look up to you and, and you've done some questionable things. And... 
they just get kind of blown out of proportion. But <laughs> with that being said, yeah, John Terry has done some. Yeah, I mean, it's, pretty, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to brush under the carpet. Like it's not little stuff. You yeah, know? hard, hard to um, remember him in a positive light unless you completely forget about the off the field incidents. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so we won't talk about this game, but let's can you know question time? Can Chelsea replicate this next season? Uh, I mean, this very, season very good question. This season they did not have Europe, um, and they only had domestic competitions. But still. Uh, 30 wins out of 38 games, which is... Oh, that, that sounds good. Uh, and 93 points. That's now, almost the record. Now, now, that's almost breaking their own record of 95 points so, in the 0405 season. With Mourinho. And they only had 29 wins in that season. Oh. But one loss. This time they had five losses, but 30 wins. I mean, at one point of the season... I mean, I know Chelsea lost early on, but since that kind of 3-0 at Arsenal, they almost went the season unbeaten. Um, they Pretty looked much. that good. Yeah. And... You know they lost to Liverpool and Arsenal early in the season, and then they kicked on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Who, but their losses were to Tottenham, United, yeah, uh, Liverpool, and big losses. Arsenal. Yeah, they were consistent against the rest of the table. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, can they do it again with Champions League? I mean, squad depth will obviously need to be increased slightly for the Champions League. Um, Conte will have to, you know, shuffle things around a little bit. Yeah. But in terms of the league, you think they can challenge again for the league? They will challenge, yeah. um, but you know, with the added fixture list congestion, um, you know, I, I don't see Kante uh, doing what he did, like you know, week in, week out, midweek in, midweek out. Yes. Next season, yes. you know, he, there will be injuries. There will be uh, some stretching in terms of their squad. Um, also, Fabregas isn't getting any younger. Matic, yeah, yeah. yeah. Costa might be leaving, so you don't know how the new strikers are going to fit into the system. You don't know if there will be changes, but Kante is always going to have that energy. Yeah. So you expect Chelsea to be maybe top two, if and. Worst case scenario, top three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Season. Definitely top four. Definitely <laughs> top four, top five. Yeah, top six. <laughs> yeah, I mean seventeenth. You yeah. know, uh, definitely not relegated. Yeah, definitely. Not. <laughs> um, United, uh, let's actually talk about Spurs, who came in second. Um, Spurs have been stat padding for two day, two games now. Yeah. I guess four 0 against Leicester, seven uh, one against six one against Leicester. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're referring to the four goals Kane scored against. Oh, Leicester. right. Sorry, six. Yeah, that's all that matters at this point. He's just um, he got his four against Leicester. He got his three against Hull. He scored seven goals in his last two games. Yeah. something that ninety percent of the Premier League haven't done. Just individually score seven goals. Yeah, um, that's a lot in, in two games. Yes, and the craziest stat is Spurs scored thirteen, so almost twice that. Yeah, that's insane. Um, they're, they're absolutely firing all guns blazing. So eighty six points in second place. I mean, over two seasons. They win two seasons, you know what I mean? Coming yeah. third and second. Um, I keep thinking they came second last year, but third and second. <laughs> um, overall, they have the most points over both seasons. They've been really consistent. Um, again, this was a very hard season in terms of the competition. So coming second when you've got you know all the new managers that have come in, and we were expecting City to be up there, uh, United, even Arsenal, Liverpool. So they've done really well to come ahead yeah. of all those teams. And... You know, fair play to Pochettino. He's been fantastic for them. Yeah, he's, he's grown the squad. They've been growing together, aging together, and they've put together some really good performances over the last Unbeaten couple of Unbeaten at home. Unbeaten at home. That's a great... Best offense, best defense. Yes. Unfortunately, nothing to show for it. That's the annoying bit. Yeah. Just, you know, no trophy at the end of that. But I'm sure you ask a Spurs fan, he's over the moon. I'm sure he's, you know, or, you know, he can't wait for next season. The only thing is now they play at Wembley. Which, you know, we've seen them struggle in Europe at Wembley this season. Yeah. I don't know how the atmosphere at Wembley is going to be next season for them. Because it's, White Harlan is small. The fans get behind them. It, it will be interesting to see. But let's let's talk about Kane a little bit. He sure. ended the season with 29 goals. 
which um, is amazing because he had 22 two games ago. Exactly. And he clearly just said, you know, this is like, I'm going to do it. I don't care about anything else. Um, Lukaku came in third at 25 and Sanchez, uh, sorry, second with 25 and Sanchez third with 24. Keep in mind, Kane played 700 less minutes than both of the other guys. Yeah. So very impressive goals to games ratio. He has more goals than games played. He's at like 0.86, which is That's... phenomenal. That's Ronaldo Messi kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, he's been injured for like three months. So impressive, definitely. And what, yeah. what do you kind of, I mean, he's a three season wonder now because everybody makes fun of, you know, Harry Kane, one season wonder. He's, he's been a three season wonder. It's hard to rank him in the world standings of strikers. Yeah, well, for me, he's definitely not up there in the top echelon of strikers in the world. Like, you know, your, your household names like Messi Ronaldo. Yeah, Suarez, Aguero, Lewandowski. Suarez, yeah. Lewandowski. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mbappe, I think, is still... He's still got a little more lure about him than Kane yeah. does right now. Right. But I think if Kane... You know, next season, they're back in the Champions League. Hopefully, they don't bottle it like this season and then crash out in the Europa League to Anderlecht. That's all or Ghent, it, or whoever it was. To be fair, that's all what it's about with Kane. Do it in the Champions League. Yeah. Because we know now, you've proven to us, we, we did doubt you, but you did prove to us that you can do it in the Premier League. Done. That, that's been ticked yeah. off the list. Do it in the Champions League. Literally, that's all that it takes. But, but this is Kane's problem. The Champions League, the group stages are in the first half of the season. Kane, for the last two seasons, has been switched off in the first half of the season. Starts really slow. I mean, I don't think he yeah. scored in the first 10 games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even Tottenham, even last season. Tottenham, yeah. all these draws, you know. And then in the second half of the season, they look, they look like such a different team. And even this season, Kane, part of it is because Kane comes into yeah. the, the fold as well. He just explodes after a while, yeah, especially when February rolls around. So, like when Arsenal go down, Kane goes up. <laughs> um, last question here: How do you think they'll do in the Champions League? I mean, they're in the second pot, which gives them a slightly easier group. Um, I think they should. I mean, they should definitely come top two in their group. Well, they should. Uh, once again, like you know, in the season, I think they were stretched. Yes. With the uh, game time, the squad depth, uh, the quality of opponent, exactly. Champions League, you're not you're getting the best of the best around the continent. Yeah, yeah. you're not playing an Ipswich. Also, or... the style of play, they will come at you. You yeah. know, even though it might be teams like even in the Europa Anderlecht and Gent and all, but they have a different European style to them. You know, yeah, a more passing uh, continental style, type of football in yeah. Europe. Uh, so Tottenham will have to adjust their game in Europe. Um, they will have some, you know, some different tactical prowess to to explore for so themselves. Pochettino really has to step up here, and uh, I think they will qualify. But then again, I don't know. I haven't seen their group. It depends on the group, right? Yeah, yeah it depends yeah. on the group. Yeah, yeah. Um, last but not least, I mean, a little bit least, United um, beating Crystal Palace two 0 <laughs> with what, like eight youth players. A lot of youth players in this game. Uh, Mourinho, uh, we talked about stat padding for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. Mourinho this season, the whole season, has been about youngsters. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, you know what? He knows the system. Because he knows everybody holds him accountable for like never yeah. bringing in youth, all the lone players at Chelsea, blah, blah, etc. He knows. I mean, the last two games, he's just been going, here you go. So then when we look back into the history books, we go, Mourinho provided the youngest ever scorer for United. And Mourinho brought on the first uh, player to ever been born in the 2000s. Uh, onto the field he know I, that's what I hear about him he knows what he's doing I think it was a matter of he, he knew that a little bit yes he knew that yeah. but it was also convenient for him because in this game last game of the season there's no change in the standings you are you have a very thin squad going into the Europa League final yeah true throw in all the youngsters stat mm-hmm. all these you know get all these get all the ex- experience exposure whatever yeah um no, I but, agree, I agree. And to be fair, he did say that he literally came out two weeks ago and said the Premier League is right now a nuisance. Literally, yeah. like, I, I wish I, I, I could just skip these yeah. games. I, I put that in my article recently on our Under the Cosh. 
I mean, um, as a as a United so, fan, that must be hard to hear. Like a United manager saying the Premier League is a nuisance. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, you you're you're a United manager. You should be. Anyways, um, enough with Mourinho because I mean, not enough with Mourinho because his press conference was comical. There was 11 seconds of his press conference where no one asked any questions, so he said, "Good." Two people showed up out. in a room that fits like 50. Two people yeah. showed up. I, I guess there wasn't much to ask, but you know what? So, I, there was a Sir Alex Ferguson. There's an award now for the manager of the season. And it's the Sir Alex Ferguson Award. I don't know the exact name of it, but it's Sir Alex Ferguson's award. And Fergie was talking, and you know the question came out here about Mourinho. Fergie says, you know, I think he's doing a good job, etc., etc. And you know, the, it's been difficult, blah blah blah. Whatever Fergie said gave me more comfort than anything than Mourinho has ever said for a year. Ex- anything yeah. I've heard since Fergie has been at United. That makes sense. I mean, Fergie is Fergie. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? But also, with that being said. Mourinho has been reformed in a way. Early in the season, there was a string of draws and frustration was creeping in. And Mourinho was blaming the referee, blaming yeah. this, all this sensationalism. He has cut back on that. I mean, yeah, it was it just when it mattered. Now it matters less, so maybe he's a bit more calm. I agree. Um, but quick question for you before we move on from United. And I want to do a few, you know, overall for the league. So United finished in sixth place. Um, obviously a disappointment. I mean, as a United fan, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the aim yeah. here was top four, especially after the four major signings uh, Mourinho made. I mean, tell me, how, how do you feel the season went? Um, touching upon just, I mean, Pogba had a great final game here, but just touching upon the Pogba, most expensive player ever, Zlatan, the most yeah. expensive wage player ever, um, and then you have Mkhitaryan, who didn't really involve himself that much. Mourinho kept him on the periphery, and then Bailly, who played well. Yeah, there was... I mean, this is a very underwhelming season. Disappointing from the United standpoint. And just like in all the draws that United have played in this season, so much potential, so little result. Mm. Uh, you're looking at 38 games played, 18 wins, yep. 15 draws. That's, I mean, a lot at home too. 10 draws at home, 8 wins at home. More draws than wins at home. And right there, even if you know six of those draws are wins, that's 12 points. I mean, yeah, you you can do that all and day. You can turn like two or three of the draws in, and you're top four. Like, which are these are draws to like Stoke, Burnley. Yeah. I mean, Tom Nil-nils. Heaton that game. Remember Tom Heaton at Old Trafford? Yeah. Ooh. So it's weird because there were a couple of enigma moments. Quick points on uh, Pogba, Zlatan, Mkhitaryan. Uh, Zlatan obviously not getting any younger. He did his job this season. He did. I think I think he did. Yeah. Uh, Pogba needs to you know step up. Maybe it's the personnel. Maybe it's the tactics. It's very very questionable, but. Overall, I think United had more in the attacking locker than they did in the last two seasons under Van Hal. So there's so an improvement. improvement. You see improvement. But the finishing, they're almost Arsenal-esque in their finishing, but they're not Arsenal-esque in their chance creation. Next uh, next season prediction? Finishing where? Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, to be fair, I think top four would be a very good th- finish for United. I, I think they were very hard to beat this season. Second best defense. Yeah. Just that... Offense, 54 goals scored, one less goal scored than Bournemouth. This is definitely a one-off step. And okay. you know, um, I think they're, they're 10 to 15 points short of where they should have been this season. And I think, you know, taking that into the next season. First, uh, first time in a long time, Arsenal and United are both in the Europa League. I mean, well, that, is, that is insane to think that Arsenal and United both are in the Europa League. Yeah. I mean, how things have changed. And that's also sucky for Arsenal because they had five more wins than United. <laughs> Did you say sucky? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Let's do a bit. Uh, I mean, before we do that, relegation zone, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Hull. Nothing crazy. Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, Hull and Middlesbrough coming. I mean, Middlesbrough came up. 
Did Hulk come up this season? Uh, can't remember. No, no it, was, it was just Middlesbrough. Yeah, it was just Middlesbrough. Um, so three of them down. Um, you know, Moyes has just resigned from Sunderland. Well, good for him because yeah. that was a terrible job. I don't think he's. I mean, Alex. We were telling Alex was, and he said I don't think he's gonna get a Premier League job. Which, yeah, I don't see either. To be fair, Moyes has had a horrible few few years. Oh yeah. Um, what else? So the promoted teams uh, from the Championship: Newcastle, uh, Brighton, and Hove Albion, both already promoted. Yeah. And then we've got the final playoff: Huddersfield versus Reading. It would be nice to see Reading back. Reading have always kind of been one of the teams in the Premier League. You know. Yeah, they're. Uh, it's it's weird because yeah, you think about Reading and they're almost in the same breath as Wigan. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. There's very like non-football cities. I agree and with they're you. They're just kind of in the Premier League. I Same thing with, with Holland, and that's why I'm happy Holland are going down. Right. Okay. Let's do a bit of a recap of the season with with a few awards. We're not going to actually present any awards. We're just going to talk about um, uh, what's it called? Who is kind of in contention for them? Because it gets too messy. Okay. Manager of the season. I've got a few down here. Tell me how you feel about them. Conte. Yeah. Yeah. Pochettino. Yeah. Paul Clement for Swansea. I think. I think he's done a really good job since he's come in to avoid relegation, get him playing well. To undo um, what Bob Bradley did. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and whoever was before him. I can't even and they finished that. 15th in the end. I can't remember who was he, another European guy. Anyways, um, I think he deserves a shout. Um, and then Big Sam. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, Conte, let's go through by order. Sure. Conte, yes, I think he deserved the award because he led the tactical change. First season as well. First season, tactical change. People followed what he was doing. He won the league. 30 wins. Conte, okay, no question there. Pock, second season in a row, he's finished second. Spurs also... Uh, again, he finished third, but I know what you mean. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he's done well with Tottenham. I mean, also... The, second to Conte. The squad, on paper, um, aren't isn't the, the highest for, for, for Pochettino. You know, he's yeah. still working with a squad that is... I think probably, again, like I said, fifth and sixth at the bottom of the top six. So, yeah. you know, fair play to him. But credited with this new Tottenham revolution. Yes. Um, Paul Clement. Yeah, we talked about, I mean, just the fact that he saved Swansea from relegation. Is, yeah. I, I think he did a good job. Anyways, good debatable. Yeah. Now, Big Sam. What about, I mean, if you're going to put Paul Clement there, you might as well put uh, Shakespeare. I was going to. I mean, uh, you're, you know, feel free to add to the list. I was going to add him too, because to be fair, they were on a downward spiral. It just... As I was about to put his name down, I had a feeling it's more down to the players that turn around than Paul yeah. Shakespeare. Like they just decided to all of a sudden play again. And yes, it's, I can't take yeah. away from him too much, but that's the only reason I didn't put it there. I just felt it's more player influence than manager, but I see your point. Well, he also beat uh, Sevilla in the Champions League. He did also beat Sevilla in the Champions League. <laughs> um, Big Sam. Finally, I want to get to Big Sam because I know he, he hasn't been at Crystal Palace for long enough to kind of maybe get a manager of the whole season, but we looked at... Alex, in his article, looked at... Crystal Palace's fixtures going into that relegation run by squeaky bum time. Yeah. And it was like, you're definitely going down. You're playing Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. And then Big Sam beat all three. I mean, that is a huge achievement. Yeah, I think this is uh, Chelsea's only loss outside of the top six teams. Uh, yeah. And it was to Big Sam's Crystal Palace. But uh, Sam Allardyce has been... He's had a, an up and down season. He took the England manager's job. He was... Immediately sacked after <laughs> yeah, dubious, dubious, you know, allegations, insider information, and all this crap, and almost corruption yeah. in a way. And he's redeemed himself somewhat with the football he's played on the field with Crystal Palace. But still, it's very hard for me to give him that manager of the season award, given that there was some corruption okay. and ethical. Okay. So um, you're mixing pleasure with business. Well, the ethics component yeah. of being in that position, sure, is something that 
has you know shown has value. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think absolutely. about that. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that does make sense. As a manager, you still have to show some form of etiquette. To, to be responsible for that position. Okay. Yeah, you can't I, John I Terry your way to an award, you know? I love that. Yeah. No, that's great. Player of the season. I have a few down here. Kante, he obviously won the award, so we can't really argue with that. I think we, we agree. Yeah. Um, two players from from Spurs, I think Kane and Ali, deserve to be in contention. Well, Ericsson more than Ali for me. But oh, yeah? Yeah, you can give it to him. Okay. Ericsson has had a great season too, but... Yeah, it, yeah sure, sure. Um, Chelsea defense. I just have Chelsea defense down yeah. here. Because, I mean, you've got Luis Kehlan as Pliquet. That's Pliquet has been... A beast. Yeah. I mean, he he hasn't missed a minute all season. Yeah. He's been fantastic. So one best, of those best defense guys. in the league. Yeah. on paper. Yet Tottenham. Th- yeah, still Tottenham, with yeah. the stats. Alderweireld. I mean, I don't know anyone else that this. I just don't see the whole Hazard thing. I don't see it like as a top player. I mean, I I still think other players have better seasons. Kane and Sanchez and stuff in an attacking position. Yeah. Mane had his run before his injury in the African Cup of Nations. He yeah. could have been up there. Yeah, he did. But no, no crazy standout. Like nothing that is like, yep, we can all agree, definitely this guy done. Well, Sanchez. Uh, people, he didn't even make team of the season, mate. Well, that's really weird because I he know. had twenty four goals as a midfielder and ten assists, despite Arsenal's crap. Yes, despite that for sure. Um, okay, moving on to the last last category here, goal of the season. We've got obviously Emery Chan's. Um, I guess, like I like to call it, the double kick. <laughs> um, that was a ridiculous goal. Yeah, that was up there. Um, and then Giroud's, uh, what's it? What, what scorpion scorpion kick. kick. Was that a scorpion kick? That's what they call it. Yeah. yeah. Mkhitaryan's unfortunately was offside, but it was still good. It was not bad. Um, um, Carroll. Yeah. Carroll's kind of left foot um, volley, side volley, like back post at the at the. Yeah. Anyways, there people, were a few people nice, remember what I'm talking about. Yeah, a few long range good sure. ones. Jordan Henderson against Chelsea. Yeah, okay. well. Coutinho has a few long, long range ones. Coutinho um, free kicks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would give it to Giroud just because the build up involved in like people always like start with the just the Sanchez cross and then the Giroud scoring kick. You need to start that goal from much earlier. Giroud was involved in a little flick in midfield to get the whole counter attack yeah. going, bursts his lung to get into the box and then finish like that. So you gotta watch the goal all the way from the start with the build up. That's why I would give it, and it's also something you don't see often. Bicycle kicks and long-range shots that yeah. you see. So when you get something that's a bit different, I, I feel it deserves to win. But Emery Chan's is nice because it wasn't conventional almost. It was like the ball was coming towards his chest and then he... Yeah. It was weird, you know His what I mean? back was to the goal. Yeah. It's yeah. not coming from the side. It's coming from, you know, like, directly behind you. It's like Rivaldo's almost after he chested it up. But, but he, this he is he hit it cleanly as well. Yeah. That's the thing about it. Um, so you want to pick... He's going to sit on the I'll, fence. I'll give it to Emery Chan. Yeah? Okay. I'll give it to Emery Chan. Okay. Um, because it was a big goal. It was a 1-0 win too. It, yeah, that's true. That was a very important three points. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, I think that pretty much sums up a really, really exciting Premier League season. Unfortunately, it's over. But it has been good. All the new managers in the league with Pep, Conte. Yeah. I mean, Cop relatively. Mourinho with a new team. I think has really spiced it up. It and really has. And I was just about to say, really good season this season. But it's set itself up for a part two next season. It has to be at that point. I mean, these managers need to go head to head. And like, I mean, I really hope because this season was a bit disappointing in the fact that the champions and the relegation zone was done like a week or two before the end. Yeah. That was a shame. I would love to go into next season where you know how this top four combination happened. I would love it to be for top of the table. That would be exciting. Like that I, would. Yeah. I, I'm really hoping for that. Okay, let's move on to Momo of the week. I be Momo. One thing where I know, Sha, Momo not fit sleep forever. One day, Momo go wake up. 
as usual, Mum of the Week is brought to you by footballheads.com. That's F-U-T-B-O-L, heads with a Z.com. They provide the freshest snapbacks and beanies, and you can customize them with your with your team's logos and uh, stuff like that. And uh, obviously, if you listen to us, you can uh, on checkout put in the code, promo code UTC, just caps or not caps, and you get 15% off. So check them out. That's footballheads, F-U-T-B-O-L, heads with a Z.com. So, Rishay, you want to start us off with uh, your first Mumu? Let's do it. Uh, okay, Mumu number one candidate. Here we go. West Ham United this season. Their Twitter account, specifically. In general. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's in charge of that Twitter account should have his account disabled. Right. Um, because uh, maybe they don't have much to talk about. Sure. Manuel Lanzini's... This is a post. It's an infographic as well. <laughs> Manuel Lanzini's third pass this afternoon will be his 1500th for West Ham in the Premier League. What exactly are you supposed to do with that information? Well, they also had a little caveat in their tweet. They uh. said, it might not match his Argentina call-up, but it's still a notable achievement. No. Did they actually put that in there? Oh, yeah. Official? Right. Yeah. Official, checked off. So they kind of laughed at themselves a little bit. I guess so. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but still, I mean, that's a ridiculous style. Why put it up in the first place? Anyways. It's almost like saying, hey, my chicken fried rice has rice in it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I've got a small momo here this week. Um, Paul Merson, you know, he always delivers. Um, so obviously in his post- post-match uh, talk about City, he said, Pep just spoke to Aguero and he probably told him, and I quote, When I was at Barca, Suarez would do this and do that. The only problem is Suarez joined Barca two years after Pep left. So the math doesn't add up. You know, like it's hard for Pep to tell Suarez stuff when he doesn't manage him. Anyways, but you know, these little details never get into Paul Merson's way. So, you know, fair play to him because that's hard to do. Well, if we're going to hold all these pundits accountable to what they say, the amount of lies that have come out of this would be <laughs> yes. astronomical. Amounts. That is true. Um, Paul Merson, idiot, obviously can't map his own timelines. I mean, Paul Merson is pretty much broken to move the year at this point. He's made it so odd. Well, that's a tough echelon to break into. How, who's the consistent move? You know what? I think we should save that for next week when we've got yeah. way less to talk about. And we'll yes. recap all of our moves. Yes. There's going to be the Moomoo of the Year candidate. I love that. We should that. probably look into it. It is next week. Because David Moyes is up there for sure. Yes, Alex would love that. Happy <laughs> Moomoo. One thing we are no sha, Moomoo not fit sleep forever. One day, Moomoo go wake up. All right, off to the continent now. Um, all the other league titles were wrapped up pretty much this weekend. We'll start in Spain with La Liga. Uh, this one went down to the final day between Madrid and Barca, having a little shootout. It's been um, one of the most exciting La Ligas in a long time. It has. And in the end, Madrid came out on top, uh, you know, first by three points in the yep. end. Beating Malaga 2-0 away from home. Ronaldo scored in the second minute. He's been phenomenal for like a month now. <laughs> he has. Um, and so then 2-0, I think Benzema scored the second. Yes. A very conventional regulation win for Real yeah. away from home. Good job. To um, be fair, to be fair, Real have done well since the Clásico loss to Barcelona, which it felt like the, the table might wobble a bit with that yeah. messy 19th minute goal and all that. So they did well to keep their composure. Even Zidane did well because he still played a lot of the subs in the concert, in the subsequent yeah. games and he still came up with with big wins. And, and Zidane's confidence and you know his his calmness also reflects in his in his squad good point his press conference in the game before Sevilla he came up with one of, it, it was a Mumu candidate for me but just the way he answered the press like you know, hey how's he done how are you feeling how are you feeling and he's just you know estoy puta madre estoy de puta madre <laughs> and the whole press yeah. conference breaks out in laughter yeah no no, no he's, he's life moment of the season definitely done really well 
Um, and then Barcelona, obviously, you know, they were if they won and Real lost, they would have had the head-to-head advantage over Real because of the classicals. Uh, yeah, and um, they mean, went they went two 0 down at home to Ibar. At home, game. yeah, crazy. But eventually, four two winners. But at that point, the, the 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 score from Madrid trickled through, and it was you know no point. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't have the stat, but it would be interesting to see when the last time someone won La Liga but lost the classical head-to-head. Because usually uh, those games are the ones that determine who's going to win it. Yeah. And, you know, Barca have won it so many times recently and they've definitely won the, the, the classical competition. So Madrid, it, it kind of almost shows how, in quotations, bad Barca have been this season. Yeah. Because to to draw a classical and then win a classical and still end the season with three points yeah. behind is quite bad from Barcelona's point of view. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barcelona, in the mid-season, again, like an Arsenal-esque patch, they and you know there was games where they were losing four nil to PSG. Yeah, everyone's talking about the six one comeback, but, but no one's forgetting about the four nil. Uh, not scoring a goal against Juve. There you go. Um, and I, I forgot where, where I was going with this. But Barca have won this league six times out of the last eight years. Yes, nine now. Yeah, Atleti twice. Atleti, Atleti once, once, Madrid Real once. So Madrid haven't won it in five years. They've been really thirsty for this league. They really yeah. wanted it. Uh, and they've I think, also almost been like the best team not to win the league. Yeah, Ronaldo only shocking. won what one out of seven years or something. One La Liga for crazy Ronaldo until now. I mean, Ronaldo has been stat padding these last two years with the Euros, La Liga, they've like three Ballon d'Ors, um, the Champions League, the Champions goals. League. Oh yeah. man, um, the hat tricks. So yeah, good stuff there in La Liga. Congratulations to Madrid. Um, and now I think thirty third league title. That's right. Yeah, um, let's move on. Where do you want to go? Uh, now we fly over to Serie A, mm. where Juventus are obviously the champions, and I called us three seasons. It was ago. much closer than you thought it would be, though. Roma did really well to push them, beating them last game. I mean, sure. I, I see what you're saying, but it, it got a bit close. It got a bit close. It did. It was actually an exciting Serie A campaign. Uh, notable standouts this year: Napoli and yes, Roma. Roma. Yeah. Uh, Napoli more so than Roma, because the, as I said, the top top down combination of you know Mertens. Uh, uh, What's his name? Callejon, Callejon and, and uh, Insignia, Insignia with Hamsik behind. With Hamsik behind. Yeah. Those four, uh, the attacking trident has been masterclass. They've been very, very creative. But I have to give Roma a lot of credit. They pushed and pushed and pushed all the way. Uh, Chesney has had a fantastic season for them on loan. Zeko, I think, top scorer of, of, of the league. Um, Mo Salah playing very well. Uh, Neangalan with a fantastic season. Yeah. Just De Rossi contributing. Totti's final season. A lot. Of, it's been a very exciting season for Roma fans. Finally back in the Champions League. They've been missing for way too long. Roma? Well, two usually seasons. Only? Yeah. Well, maybe they did really bad in the one before then. I just didn't realize. Well, they got knocked out by Real in the knockouts. Oh, yeah. <coughs> I just feel like Roma have always been there. I mean, they, they're an exciting team. And we like them, obviously. We have a slight personal connection because we've been there to the stadium. We've seen them play. We've seen the Totti goal. Um, I always like Roma to do well. I don't know. It's hard to hate Roma. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to hate Roma. But, I, yeah, they have been very consistent. Uh, yeah. Spalletti, obviously, has a lot of questions to answer. You know, is he going to be there next season? Tati, obviously, retired. Yeah. There was a little friction there between him and Spalletti. True, um, true. You know, how they evolve from this is going to be interesting. But uh, Before we move on, just like another point on Juventus. Um, Allegri has done a fantastic job taking them to the Champions League final, winning the league. Again. I mean, again. They had to. They had to replace Pirlo, Vidal, Pogba. Like this is not Tevez. These are four major players that they had to replace, and they did with Pjanic, Higuain, and so on. Um, and you know, it takes a lot to come back from losing such top class players. And he's done very well. You know, playing Mandzukic in a wing back role. Like he's done tactically very, very well. And, and the Italian managers this season have shown their tactical astuteness. Agreed. You know, Ancelotti winning in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Conte winning in Italy. 
Uh, Obviously, Allegri, Allegri in, is, yeah. in uh, sorry Conte in England. In, Allegri in England. Yeah. Um, speaking and, of yeah. speaking of the Bundesliga, yeah, and Salotti won the league with Bayern. Um, they were a bit shaky, Bayern. I mean, I think they've looked worse than they have on their pep for sure. Definitely, I think even in the Champions League, they they threw it away or. Yeah, I can't remember what I... Oh, they lost to Real, no? To I think Real, that's with right. With Ronaldo, yeah, yeah. Yes, they won away from home and they lost at home. Yes. And they lost an extra time or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but, you know, they're expected to win the league. Obviously, uh, what's their name? The new guys on the block, they pushed them to the end. Um, Our Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah. Um, that last game against Leipzig when they won 5-4 or whatever was insane when they were like 4-2 down with like 7 minutes to go or something yeah was... um, but congratulations to Bayern I mean they're, they're hard to watch almost yeah yeah. It, it's not really an exciting game no no I, I know what you mean like when a Bayern game is yeah. on TV I try it's not as easy as not. a Madrid or a Barca or a Juve even like it's a bit tough it's almost like they're they're chiseling away it's, at the target yeah it's yeah. a bit it's a bit like machine work it's yeah yeah um but you know congratulations to them for the league and last but not least league uh monaco with a surprise there i mean i'm sure you would have guessed psg all day long yeah uh, to win that league cavani with an incredible goal scoring record winning you know player of the season and all that but still not enough to um you know pip monaco there who have had a fantastic season domestically and in the champions league yeah so. monaco shining stars 95 points again 30 wins out of 38 games this season three mm. losses only um 76 goal differential they scored over 100 goals they're, in the they're exciting play they look really yeah. good to watch um falcao is back on form showing again why he's one of the best strikers in the world before his injury and, and you know credit to falcao because he came to united everyone thought he was ruined when he left he went back to monaco he's in the champions league he's playing in the semifinals yep and United are not in the Champions no, League. No, so. completely. He, he for like two, three seasons, was the best striker yeah. in the world. Yes. He so, was, he, despite his 5,000 knee replacements. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, 95 points for Monaco. Eight points ahead of PSG in second place. Underwhelming season for PSG. Um, you know, Unai Emery, it's his first season. I mean, it started with the whole comeback against Barcelona. That's just ridiculous. They should not have lost that game, no matter what. I that don't care. Bad. That yeah. was bad. Um Nice, obviously, with Balotelli. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we ridiculed Nice at the start of the season. But then we saw, okay, you know what? Nice, four losses only, 22 wins. They ended up in third in the French League. 78 points. Yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think that puts them in a playoff spot for the Champions League. That does. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the two European finals uh, before we move on to TFC here. Um, where do you want to start? Europa League? Just because, you know, we yeah, got we'll to get the Champions that, yeah. League. It's, uh, it's yeah. like the finale. You know? Yeah, so Europa League... United versus Ajax. Uh, Ajax, again, with one of the youngest squads in the world, playing, I think, eight or so under, like, 23-year-olds. Or yeah. all of them are under 23. Something like that. Ridiculous last game. How do you feel as a United fan going in? Confident? Uh, quietly confident, yet, you know, the manager has been very, very cautious. Mourinho mm-hmm. has been very cautious in his pregame. You know, as soon as the semifinals were over, and it was a, kind of like a scraping through semifinal. It was. Immediately before the dust had settled, he'd already criticized. You know, so many fixtures were so tired. Yada yada yada. It's it's very defensive move by Mourinho, and I get he's lowering. That's what he does. <laughs> and I just didn't like it. But you know, going in, you were playing Ajax. They finished second in their league. Do you know where the final is? Uh, Stockholm. Okay. Yeah, they're they're playing in Stockholm, so more familiar for Ajax than for United. Yeah. The Scandinavian countries' atmosphere. Um, but I think United should be able to handle this. Mm. To be fair, you know, you're playing a very young squad. 
Um, you've got... It's all about the defensive stability for United. I mean, if they yeah. shut shop in the back, they'll get a goal or two, and it'll be 2-1 yeah. or 1-0 United. But you never all, know. All, also, Ajax in their semifinals to Lyon. I think they, they beat them 4-1. Yeah. And then they lost it in 3-1. So it, it, they could have thrown it away very easily. So very shaky Ajax. That's true. I, I think Lyon would have been a harder uh, opposition to yes. United anyway. So... Um, we'll see how that goes, but yeah, should be. I think that's on Wednesday in a few yeah. days, so that should be exciting. And the only way for United to get into the Champions League. Meanwhile, Ajax are in the Champions Very League. Very good point. United could get into the Champions League. So Ajax yeah. have nothing to lose in this game. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Champions League final. We've got Juventus versus Real Madrid. Um, I've always, every time someone asks me about this game, I've always said the same answer, which is Juventus will play better, Madrid will get the goals. I don't know. I just have that feeling. That's what Madrid do. They don't yeah. dominate maybe games, but they will kind of finish them. Yeah, Juventus don't have history on their side, unfortunately, in the Champions League. They've got two Champions Leagues, which they've won. They've lost six finals. Yeah. Um, in 1998, they played Madrid in the final. They lost 1-0. In 14, 2014 or 15, they lost to Barcelona in the final. So that's the most recent, you know, the Allegri yeah. side losing the final to Barca. Now they're playing Real two mm. years later. Real, obviously, could be the first team to get back-to-back Champions Leagues in the modern that era. That would be insane. That would be insane because it's always nice that no one's ever done it. So it was nice that it's the Champions League is so hard to win yeah. two seasons in a row. You know? But but it's also more impressive because when Barcelona had that patch where they were semifinal, yeah. semifinal, final, 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 they won three in the last like what six seasons or something. Three and five or something. Yeah. And now Real are going to win or are on the verge of winning three in the last four seasons. <sighs> Insane insanity! Like this is probably one of the best patches. And Madrid have history. I mean, yeah. Madrid have history. But this might if they win this, this would be their best four year patch. Yes. It's insane. In the modern era, too. Yeah. Three Champions Leagues in four years? Oh. And they're almost matching Barcelona's continental dominance. Yeah. Or no. even usurping it. In, in, in that 09 to like 12 kind of period of Barcelona. Yeah. Definitely. Um, any predictions before we move on? Um, very hard to predict. I have to say, you know, I think that Madrid are going to edge this game because they have better attack. Right. But I've ju- I just feel like, you know... Juventus might be able to change things this time around. I think it's in Allegri's hands. I think if Allegri gets it right, yeah, I think Juve might. I just, I don't know. I know what you never Ma- know with Ramos and Marcelo. Yes, the thing is, I know what Madrid <laughs> looked like when you watch them. They look like they're going to lose the game, and then they score two goals. Yes, that's why it's so hard to predict Madrid games. They they just score. Like it doesn't. Like they could look like the worst twenty minutes of their lives, and they'll get the goal. And that's. That's, that's what it comes down to at the end. It's the goal. Yeah. So, anyway, it's, it's that midfield battle. Like Kroos, Modric, Casemiro. Yeah, versus, I mean, probably what? Pjanic, Kadira, and who's their middle guy? Ah, Kadira against his old club. Maybe Marquisio will play. Can't, I, I'm pretty oh, sure I'm missing a very important player. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Alves will play instead of him. Oh, Alves, yeah, has Alves. Been, Alves has been incredible for him. Yeah. Anyways. Obviously, Juventus is also looking for the treble because they are in a cup final. Uh, true, I think, I think they've already won that. Yeah, they did actually. They've already yeah, won that. So, yeah, yeah, true, true. A treble season for Juventus. That would be something for Allegri. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move to this side of the pond. Yeah. Coming over to the Americas now in the MLS. Uh, we had a very, very exciting TFC side with a six game win streak um, going to New York, playing against the New York Red Bulls, uh, who haven't been doing well themselves. But. Still, TFC against New York is a is a big game in the MLS. Um, you know this. You know TFC, NYCFC, New York Red Bulls, were top three teams in the Eastern Conference last year. Um, so when they met, uh, New York took the lead one 0 Yeah, it was yeah. actually a good finish by Bradley Wright Phillips. Fair. 
TFC were, you know, pushing for the equalizer. And the, the thing about the TFC side is you believe they can get back into games now. Yeah, yeah, have that confidence in them. Oh, and yeah, TFC have been playing with the wind in their sails. Yes. Without Giovinco, by the way. Yep. Um, and they got their equalizer. It was a good goal by Benoit Cheru. Header. Uh, header, flick on header. Yep. Um, and then after that, the last 20 minutes it, of this it game... It looked like they were really going for it. They, they were, were just roaring to get that two... Like, yeah. they were not satisfied with, with the with the away draw, which was good to see. Yeah. On a 16-game win streak, they, they had all the belief. They equalized. Last 20 minutes, they had three golden chances to win this game. Yeah. Uh, first with a uh, missed penalty by Josie Altidore. That's second a shame. in a row. That's a shame. Which was unfortunate because it was a clear penalty. Yeah. Then... A minute later, after the missed penalty, you had Ricketts hit the with a one-on-one beautiful hit, but he hit the crossbar. Yep. And then a disallowed goal for offside right in yep. the 90th minute. Which is offside because of one of those, you know, in the keeper's uh, vision or yeah. line of sight or whatever. So it's one of those, like, really could yeah. have not been called, but yes. was. The player actually got out of the way. Well, the thing is, the keeper made the save. So doesn't that tell you that he could see it? Like, that's my thing. Like, I get it. The guy was in the way, and I agree, he, he was kind of, he was involved in play because he moved out the way of the ball. Yeah. But the keeper got it. Like, he made the save. Yeah. So, he saw it. Yeah, he saw it. Uh, it could have easily been deflected. But um, then then it would have been given as offside. I'm yeah. okay with that. But the fact that he saw it and made the save, yeah. that is exactly what would have happened regardless. Would, so, this, would this have been given if it was in the EPL? <sighs> I think I think now with the rules, because he was involved in play, I see how the ref did the right thing. Yeah. I just feel like with the rule itself, it didn't change the outcome in any way. The keeper still made the same exact save to his you know low to the left, same outcome. That player didn't actually change anything. That's yeah. It. But uh, hard done for TFC because they could have easily gone on seven games win, uh, as a win streak, but still top of the league. Um, you know, twenty six points, two points a game. And looking good. Looking very good. Uh, I mean, the, the expectations of TFC have changed. It's all about now playoffs. It's all about being top of the Eastern Conference. And it's crazy how in, within two, three yeah. years, the expectations have just shifted from please make playoffs and just I don't care if you lose to you better come top of the Eastern Conference. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. And they've got a good group of players. Very good. Um, I can't remember. Oh, what's his Vasquez? name? Vasquez? Yes, thank you. It's reading my mind today. Yeah. Um, Vasquez looked so good this game. He As he has. As he has no that in number that number ten role, he looks creative. He looks like he's a smart player. Well, TFC play more. Well, it's hard to call him a number ten. Well, because Bradley drops yeah. when 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 Vasquez plays, so Bradley kind of comes down to that box to box, which is hilarious to say. But he comes yeah. down to that role, that deeper kind of pillar role, yeah. Javi Alonso kind of thing. Yeah, Bradley plays a six. I think Vasquez plays an eight. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. Probably. Um, and yeah, but Vasquez has looked class. He just looked. I mean, new signing looked very yeah. good. He so has. next and, game, uh, Raheem though, Edwards as well. Raheem Edwards, he's he's slowly growing into that position. He's, he's very young guy, almost Marcelo esque yeah. for TFC, except he's not scoring. Obviously, but he is in the right place at the right time, stretching the defense, centering that ball in. So many chances. Agreed. Um, we have to mention though that Altidor will be suspended next game because he he picked up his fifth yellow, which is a lot for a striker. But anyways, um, and it looked like th- it looks like there's gonna be no Altidor or Jovinko next game. So we'll yeah. see how they do, how they cope with that, because that will be very interesting. Yeah. Um, that would be actually because out the door is a different presence altogether. I think field. I mean on form he's been probably the best player in MLS yeah. this season so far. So so Ricketts will have some some on, weight on his <laughs> yeah, shoulders, but he's true. he's been scoring some goals as well, so he's also hot. Ricketts I think in the last three games has had the goal winning goal every time. Yeah, he's come up big. And yeah, he almost he almost provided it this game too. Yeah, he's got three or four goals in the last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
crossbar and the disallowed offside goal. Oh yeah, correct, both. Yeah, both. they were both in. All right, I think that wraps up our kind of end of European season pod. Next week we'll be talking about the Europa League outcome, the Champions League outcome, and then we'll get to focus a bit more on MLS before the whole crazy transfer season comes in. So yeah, and the summer obviously it'll be a quieter summer, but UTC, you know, we might have one or two events. Yeah, we might have a few events. We might have a few guest uh, podders, I guess. Um, we'll talk about transfers. You know, it will get exciting. It'll yeah. get exciting. There's we'll always stuff to do. All right, see you guys next week. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh, and for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.